0: Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world, with Ani Alvedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. mad shaman avidician. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three part spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good hard shake and pour. Sit back. Sip slowly and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini. The show that tries to sort out what's true, what's woo, and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's, the CDC admits their Francine-caused clotting... Spin Dr. Fauci is doing a great deal of I forgotting We the people are protesting all around the globe. But if you ask American media to show it, they'll call you a homophobe. Globalists want paedophilia to be accepted as normal behaviour. I can only conclude from that that Lucifer is their saviour. Blunted, stunted, back-to-fronted, strange little world as always my darlings we try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day we are not always successful i'll give you that with so much evil in our face it can be challenging to maintain grace but we are on a bound to give it our best shot and on this show the metaphysical martini show we do love the odd shot now and then don't we yes we do in fact let me take a moment and give today's special Crimbo cocktail a test sip. Here goes. Hold on. Don't go away. Mm. Mm. You know, ooh, oh, warming, a winter warming. Mm-hmm. I like that. We'll talk more about that towards the end of the show. Darlings, if you're joining us for the first time, a very warm welcome to you. Be advised, this show is not politically correct so as not to erode the intellect. We are quite laid back as far as things go. After all, metaphysical martini is where the Holy Spirit meets top-shelf distilled spirits. But we are all too aware of the greater deep-state agenda to pasteurize, homogenize and sanitize mankind, And we, martini heads, valiant people that we are, we shall fight, fight, fight to the last drop of our blood and also to the last drop of our designer vodka to expose the darkness and bring those responsible to justice. This holiday season, many will hang ornamental globes from their Christmas trees, while some will dream of hanging insane mental globalists. And about time, too, folks. Darlings, if you can't see it by now, I guess you don't want to see it. It's big girl panty time for mankind, so let's put them on, frills and ruffles and all, pull them right up, and march into the fray. And for my British uh, listeners, march into the fray, bentos. There we go. On today's show, we have quack... Questions, answers, and comments. We have the cryptic mystic. We have very silly poetry written by yours truly. We have a spoof rendition of It's Beginning to Look a Bit Like Christmas. We have the wizard's gizzard. And finally, finally, we get to my favorite part of the show, the cocktail du jour. I think I'm going to throw in a slightly different version of tarot, a go-go, but before we get on with it all allow me darlings to take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible mystical wares mount vernon washington here we go one two three they have shungite they have crystals they have fancy new age stuff they are really quite laid back so you can shop there in the buff they have energy devices, candles and incense, too. And if you need to pee, they have a very nice loo. Mystic Wares, Mount Vernon, Washington. The jewelry selection is varied and quite nice. You'll be sure to find a holiday gift and not scream at the price. Their energy work blows darkness, auto smithereens. And if you still need stocking staffers, they have tons of foolerines mystical wares mount vernon washington online or on location you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation huzzah huzzah for mystical wares in mount vernon washington all right and now darlings let's get on with the show and let's begin as is our custom with quack questions answers and comments if you would like to share the nuggets of knowledge bouncing around inside your noggin with martini heads worldwide, send your emails to me, Oni arnie at com, or via snail mail to Cosmic PO Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon, 97070 USA. And please Just let me know if and how you wish to be identified if your letter is chosen for airtime. Because if you don't let me know, I will just have to do something like refer to you as omit personal details, which is very inglorious, really, isn't it? I mean, you should get credit for your ideas if you want to get credit for your ideas. So let's shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops out shaky shaky. All right, this one is from Bedhead Ted in Knoxville, Tennessee, who asks, Dear Mad Mad Shaman, what is the best way to go about resolving issues with your spouse? Well, Ted, this may sound a little old fashioned in today's detached from reality world, um, but in my opinion, the best way to resolve issues with one's spouse is to have a conversation with one's spouse. Why not uh, prepare some snacks? Open a nice bottle of wine and sit down together nice and relaxed. Don't interrupt each other. Don't insult one another. Don't lose your temper. Don't let the ego get the better of you. And in the spirit of respect and cooperation, agreement will be reached. And this applies, of course, to all relationships. Why not heads when we can apply common sense? Common sense people, wow, what a quaint notion. All right, Ted, good luck. Here's another offering from the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity, And this is from someone called, my friends call me gringo, who lives in Corpus Christi, Texas. And gringo asks, dear mad Arnie, My question is about past lives. How does it benefit us to know about our past lives? Surely we are supposed to focus on the current life. How does it help me knowing I was a pirate or a gladiator or a rat catcher in a previous life? In this life, I am a civil servant. I have no affinity with Spanish galleons or Roman short swords or rats. Am I missing something... No, gringo, mi amigo, you are not missing anything. By understanding that we have past lives, it gives us a glimpse into the bigger picture that is the continuity of life. What else could it be useful for? Um, hmm, Say you have an irrational fear of something or another, like mutant hedgehogs eating you to death or something, and you cannot trace the origin of the fear in this incarnation. It could be something from another lifetime, something you succumbed to, not able to overcome, so you decided to bring similar circumstances into this lifetime, the goal being, of course, to overcome it so you never have to deal with it again in any of your soul incarnations. That's about it, and I agree, by the way, Focus on alignment in this life so you won't have any carryover into the next. I happen to believe, I do, indeed, I happen to believe that human beings, mankind, earth-based people, we're caught in some sort of karmic loop-de-loop. Surely we should have figured shit out by now. We keep going up there, taking a look at our list, going back into our spirit head and then coming back out and playing the game of life all over again and just not doing particularly well at it. We're missing the point somewhere. I think I'm going to have to ask for a heavenly conference um, and a huge mankind conference call so we can stop this karmic loop-de-loop. All right. What else is in the fishbowl of perplexity? Let's do this one. This is from Angela, who is in Flagstaff, Arizona. Dear Ani, can you explain the Course in Miracles phrase, the body is a learning tool for the mind? If that is true, my mind must be messed up because my body has many challenges. Angela, this is part of many teachings, not just the Course in Miracles. And here's my take on it. What is the body? We've got to sort that part out first. What is the body? So we would come up with something like the body is the vehicle through which our souls experience life on physical realms. So the soul, having been forged in the fire of source energy, is eternal. Physical incarnations, on the other hand, are temporal and fleeting. So does it follow, then, that our bodies will become whatever we encourage them to become? I think it does. Where's our point of guidance? What are we aligned with, the physical world or the divine? If we feel our bodies are a separate entity from our souls and source, as opposed to an experience we have chosen to live through, divine guidance, then the level of corruption our bodies will experience ramps up. So we want to think of our bodies as an extension of our soul. When we think of our bodies as an extension of divine love, the level of corruption will be toned down. The ultimate goal being to return to perfect health, live as we please. And when the current incarnation has in Akim's own words, given us all the meaning that it can, we can choose to close our eyes and leave our healthy bodies and return to spirit form. Because life is eternal, the universe has many planets and many realms of experiencing. That is the simplest way I can explain it, Angela. To understand why the body is a learning tool for the mind, ask yourself what my body is and how I can use it as an extension of divine love. If we learn to communicate with one another from the divine vantage point, spirit to spirit, the body will transform. It's not going to happen overnight, because we're not very good at that sort of thing here. But it will transform, because nothing does more to end the illusion of separation than learning open, honest communication. We use our bodies to communicate, right? All misunderstanding comes from our inability to understand and accept our true nature, which is, of course, magnificent beyond any words our realm currently has to describe it. So let us communicate soul to soul. It's okay that we're in a body. You need a body to have food and drink and do poopies on planet Earth. So don't, you know, don't don't think of the body as something Oh, my God, it's another sense of separation from the divine. You could think of it that way, but you could think of it as an extension of the divine. So communicating soul by soul, by and by, the ego will die and the spirit will no longer be denied because inside each and every person on this planet, and even though we have raging lunatics, unfortunately, running around on this planet today because they've been propagandized and brainwashed and so forth. um. The spirit in each and every one is crying out for alignment and crying out for truth. We just have to give it just a little bit of encouragement. And before we know it, the new golden age is here. So um, thank you, Angela, in Flagstaff, Arizona, and I'm the first person to tell you that I agree with you because you wrote a little bit more in your letter. I do agree with you that Course in Miracles is unnecessarily verbose, but you know, what can I do? I didn't write it, but it is useful. It is very useful because it triggers people. It brings out a lot of darkness and grit that's been hiding in there. And sometimes I think it's verbose so that people have to think very, very carefully, word per word, word by word, what the author, whoever that collective is, was trying to say. So uh, a very Merry Christmas to you, Angela, in Flagstaff, Arizona. I hope you and your body have a lovely time this holiday season. Let's shake up the fishbowl. Let's see what else lurks within it. (laughs) All right, what have we got here? This one is an actual letter. We don't get a lot of those. Um, (laughs) And it's from Oleander, Sword of Rin, and Scourge of the Twilight Zone. So we can safely deduce that Oleander is part of the World of Warcraft gaming community. And how can I be of service to King Varian Wrynn's faithful servant? Oleander says, Oni, what is your definition of black magic? And that's all he wrote. So my definition of black magic, Oli, if I could use the familiar with you, um, black magic is using your intention and skill to cause harm to another and is fueled by greed and or a lust for power, which is a tremendous waste of energy. I think many people think, you know, there's a black vibration and there's a light vibration. There is only the vibration that came from pure light. When we misuse it and we separate ourselves from its continuity, when we separate ourselves from the soul forgers out there in source energy, then we find that we can still create to an extent. So that's where the dark magic comes in. The force is always there as long as you're alive, but it's not sustainable because we came from light and no matter how we live, to light we shall return. So there we go, Oleander. Um, Well, you know, next time you're on the game, uh, you know, say hello to me. I'm not there as often as I used to be these days, but uh, uh, my guild is the Defiant Ones and my game name is Red Pill. So maybe I'll see you on there. Um, All right. I think one or two more questions and then we can wrap up quack and and, and see how we're going to proceed on the show, which is today's solstice, isn't it? It's winter solstice, December 21st. And it's really very cold and rather beautiful up here in the Pacific Northwest where I am. All right. Let's see what we've got here. Let's see. This is from Josh. Um, Oh, my gosh. A person with a normal name. How wonderful. And Josh speaks thus. Dear Annie. I just listened to your podcast on transhumanism, and I am concerned and deeply disturbed. Will these transhuman beings live alongside us? How will they be classified in legal terms? If they are not true humans and they cause true humans harm, the real unaltered humans should have the right to kill them with no fear of recourse. Josh. Be aware, but don't get into the whole fear thing. You know, I, too, am concerned. And by the way, um, they do exist, the transhumans. They do exist. Uh, there are many artificially, artificial intelligence altered humans active currently in the Chinese security forces. Um, and they're probably going to be rolled out elsewhere. So to that, I say, come on the white hats any day now before it gets really out of control. We've already got lots of cleanup to do once you come and, you know, take our country back, but just get on with it, please. All right. Now, what else did you, what were you concerned about? Fear of recourse. Well, good luck with that one. I'm sure, Josh, you are aware that the establishment wants to disarm honest citizens so that it can encourage rampant mass violence. BLM and Antifa we both test runs for this. So no fear of recourse from the establishment isn't exactly a viable option. Once the dark establishment, the cabal, and the leaders are executed, <laughs> and all of the Luciferian machinery is dismantled, We won't have to worry about that anymore. And it will be a joy to behold for those who know how the world works and the biggest oh my God moment for those still entrenched in the dark matrix. So, Josh, definitely educate yourself. Read all you can. Know that these things are happening, but they're not sustainable. The fact that you are aware that they're happening says that you are awake. Just spread the word, but not from fear. Calm objective, gentle teaching, not enthusiastic preaching. That will win the day. And meanwhile, if you want to really stop transhumanism on this planet, stay away from GMO foods and processed foods, drink plenty of clean water, meditate, walk daily, pray daily, and above all, when fear grips you, breathe deeply to relieve the anxiety and realign yourself with your true nature. Our divinity can overcome any dark human or dark reptilian construct. Our divinity can overcome anything. We just have to accept it and step into our little cosmic booties. All right, one more, I think. Maybe let's see what we've got. This is from Omit Personal Details. And Omit says assuming there is one what is the difference between murder and killing in self defense assuming there is one of course there's a difference let me let me explain it to you if you have something i want and without any discussion or attempt to negotiate I stab you and kill you for it and take it. That's murder. I will have committed murder. Now, if you have something I want and without any discussion or attempt to negotiate, I attempt to stab you and kill you for it and take it, but you defend yourself and stab me before I can stab you and kill me in the process, that is self-defense. You were not the aggressor. You did not stab to kill. You stabbed to stay alive. That's the difference, Omit, and it's a big difference. And it blows my mind that millions of people cannot tell the difference. This whole thing about gun control, are you all assuming that criminals will never, ever able to get a hold of a gun if you deprive honest citizens of the right to defend themselves with firearms mark my words we're going to knock down these ridiculous establishment measures to disarm us because the next thing is putting us into boxcars and then you know executing us we need to be executing them all right thank you everyone for the questions i think that's it for quack for today's show now i will say I have received a great many emails of late expressing a dysfunctional level of rage and hatred. Darlings, we have all been there. Awakening is not an easy process. And the first stage is usually rage. Don't deny it, but don't stay there because you can't think straight when you're soaked in indignation and resentment with venom dripping from your mouth. Get it all out and realign back to calm objectivity, because that is where the Holy Spirit lives. And that is the vibration that will take us into the new golden age. And now, my darlings, let's see if I can pull this off. (laughs) At great cost to my image and reputation, I wish to present to you my annual Christmas carol spoof song. And this year I'm so sorry that both of my instrumentalist friends have moved out of town. So this will be an a cappella version, but I will sprinkle it with kazoo and shaky stick and anything else I happen to find on my desk. So again, let's see if I can pull this off live on the radio my version of It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas, which I have retitled, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Gitmo. Are you ready? (laughs) One, two, three. It's beginning to look a lot like Gitmo for Deep State and the gang. They think they are unopposed, but corruption has been exposed. Whistleblowers have to hide in case they commit suicide. It's beginning to look a lot like Gitmo for Satan's minion horde. This planet was under their rule as people dumbed down into fools. But with energy from beyond the moon, they'll be singing a different tune a pair of sturdy handcuffs and a rifle that shoots are the dreams of patriots in cahoots trolls that will talk and will snitch on their boss will make george soros very cross bring in the light we have to drain the swamp it's beginning to look a lot like Get the establishment must fall. It's time to look up the dark cabal for once and for all and to save our blessed nation from New World Order domination. <coughs> they realize they are now in shit because Elon's telling tales Folks have figured out they were hoaxed, malevolently coaxed. When media we will have their balls and fire all those folks. Bring on the light. We have to drain the swamp. A pair of sturdy handcuffs and a rifle that shoots. The dream of patriots in cahoots. Trolls that will talk and will stitch on their boss will make George Soros very cross. <laughs> <laughs> They can have their ho 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 in Gitmo Mo 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 Mo. Yes, it's Gitmo. <laughs> Take them to Gitmo. Gitmo today. <laughs> Woo! Well, that was a bit of fun. And this is a very nice cocktail. And I'm going to give you all a moment to recover from that. And I do promise that when I record it, properly it will have a little bit more polish and hopefully a guitar or a piano but this is the best that i could pull off today um all right well what's next on the list ah yes the cryptic mystic where we have our way with someone dead who liked to pray and pray Annie, who is today's holy roller well it's actually one of my fave dudes meister eckhart And to introduce him to you, I think I'll quote verbatim um, from the Eckhart Society because, you know, they know a thing or two about him. Eckhart von Hochheim, as we know him, Master Eckhart, uh, circa 1260, 1327 or 28, believed to be one of the great Christian mystics. He was born near Erfurt in Thuringia. And in his distinguished career, became the Parisian professor of theology and took a leading pastoral and organizational role in the Dominican order. In the language of the Christian tradition, Eckhart expounds the eternal mysteries in a style that is fresh and original in the best sense. Through the vividness of his use of imagery, alluding to the mysteries of the spark of the soul, the abyss, the desert, the birth of the world in the heart, etc., Eckert paradoxically directs us to that which lies beyond image. The depth and universality of Eckert's teaching has drawn seekers of truth, Christian and non-Christian alike, and his radical and penetrating insight makes him a natural point of reference for a genuinely eucumenical understanding. Now, there really isn't any evidence as to the exact date of um, Meister Eckhart's birth, but scholars generally agree that he was born around 1260 in or near Erfurt, which lies midway between Munich and Hamburg. Um, it's a little village, they think, called Tumbuck. He is thought to have entered the Dominican Priory in Erfurt as a novice when he was as young as 15 years old. But the first definite date of his life is April 18th, 1294, when he preached the Easter sermon at the Church of Saint-Jacques in Paris. And the manuscript of this sermon describes him as Lector Sententiarium, or the reader of the sentences, um, which are those of Peter Lombard. When students had completed their studies in the arts, they were required to lecture on these uh, sentences, as they're called, and that formed a standard theological textbook. And this suggests that Eckert had been in Paris for several years before this. Hmm. Anyway, who knows? Later in twelve ninety four, he was called back to be prior of Erfurt, um, back in his uh, you know home province. And after twelve ninety eight. Uh, Oh, he was also given the the, title, sorry, yes, that's right. He was the prior of Erfurt, but he was also given the title of the vicar of Thuringia, um, which is the local representative of the province. But after 1298, it wasn't possible for one person to hold both posts. So we don't know really whether he held on to one or the other of these. Um, But we do know that in 1302, he returned to Paris um, to be a professor with a teaching commitment. And it is now thought that he began to write um, in Latin um, and not just in the dialect of, you know, Saxonia. So 1313, he was posted to Strasbourg as a special vicar for the master of the Dominican order. And while there, he appears to have spent a major part of his time giving spiritual counsel to convents of Dominican nuns, and a large uh, a large number of these German sermons that he's very well known for were given in Strasbourg. 1323, we see him moving to Cologne. It seems likely he taught theology to the young friars in the, you know, Dominicum studium. And it was there that he came in contact with Johannes Tauler and Heinrich Suso. Now, 1326, he was called before the Inquisition, oh my God, these people were everywhere, um, by the Franciscan Archbishop of Cologne, Henry of Wernberg. And I do apologize to native German speakers for completely messing up all of this pronunciation. Anyway, Henry of Wernberg, um, who was one of the seven imperial electors able to elect the German king, which was a pr- preliminary stage in the king becoming the Holy Roman Empire. So you see how that goes. It's not clear though why the archbishop proceeded against Eckert but it is known he was very conservative and may have found some of Eckert's ideas troublesome because you know Eckert was all about direct union with the divine and full of love and heavens we can't have that can we further at this time there was a feud between the franciscan's and the dominicans um you know and that just escalated Eckert apparently objected to being tried by the Archbishop's court and appealed to the Pope to judge his case. And when this was granted, he walked the 500 miles to Avignon. Eckert died in Avignon in 1328, while participating in the papal inquiry into his writings and teachings. He left behind a considerable body of writing, and the majority of his serious theological writing was in Latin, but many of his sermons and shorter works uh, were in German, but you don't have to read them in Latin or in German darling because they've all been translated into English. Now, what I want to get across, because I'm very upset with the Inquisition on so many counts, um, Eckert was never himself condemned as a heretic. 28 of his articles out of a total of, I think, 108, which were objected to by the inquisitors in Cologne, were condemned by Pope John XXII, who was himself later condemned as a heretic. These people are very good at condemning, aren't they? I'm going to share a few of his quotes with you. Um, You know, I read a lot. I read a lot of spiritual material, uh, metaphysical material, if you prefer. There are people out there, mystics. so they're not, they're not all created. It's like cheesecake, darling. They're not all created equal. Once in a while, you come across someone who you can just tell they touched that grace, that they really understood divine union. It's very difficult to put into words the things that only exist in our universe in pure energy and vibration. And, and most of the ones that I resonate to, for whatever reason, are, you know, Hildegard van Bingen and um, Julian of Norwich. Um, you know, maybe because I'm female. But Meister Eckhart is one of my favorite dudes. I really feel very warm and fuzzy when I read him. Let's go through a few of his little quotes, just to, to give you a little appetite to go out there and buy some of his books. Above all else, know this. Be prepared at all times for the gifts of God, and be ready always for new ones. For God is a thousand times more ready to give than we are to receive. And that is true. Here's another one. The only thing that burns in hell is the part of you that won't let go of your life, your memories, your attachments. They burn them all away, but they're not punishing you, they're freeing your soul. If you're frightened of dying and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. If you've made peace, then the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth. Mm. He, he gets it. He really does. For the person who has learned to let go and let be... Nothing can ever get in the way again. Here's one of his more popular quotes. The most powerful prayer, one well nigh omnipotent and the worthiest work of all, is the outcome of a quiet mind. The quieter it is, the more powerful, the worthier, the deeper, the more telling and the more perfect the prayer is. To the quiet mind, all things are possible. But what is a quiet mind? A quiet mind is one which nothing weighs on, nothing worries, which, free from ties and from all self-seeking, is wholly merged into the will of God and dead to its own. Hmm. Here's another one. The eye through which I see God is the same eye through which God sees me. My eye and God's eye are one eye, one seeing, one knowing, one love. Now that is a really good sentence to use as a point to ponder in the morning, during your morning meditation, before you go out and start going, oh, look at that person's dress, or look at that person wearing a mask, or look, we all do it, we all do it, we all do it go, am I seeing through the eye of God? Is this, my, I'm, I'm judging, I'm calling in the fashion police to judge this person's outfit. Is that the same eye through which God sees me? And if we remind ourselves my eye and God's eye are one, why am I not seeing as God sees? Well, that will keep us on the right track. Here's another famous quote by Meister Eckhart. Spirituality is not to be learned by flight from the world or by running away from things or by turning solitary and going apart from the world. Rather, we must learn an inner solitude wherever or with whomever we may be. We must learn to penetrate things and find God there. Now, this is one of my faves. How many times in the last few years have your friends of various persuasions, our friends, said things like, Oh, my God, Trump's going to be president. I'm going to move to Canada. Ha, ha, aren't you glad you didn't? You know, or, oh, America's going down the tubes. I'm going to go move to Barbados or whatever. You know, we can't run away from it. We have to figure out why we're here and live the way that we want to live in the place that we want to live. And if that place is under attack, we need to fix it. We need to have the courage, the moral fiber, the moral compass to tell us exactly where we need to be. If it's breaking out hell all around you, don't run away. Stay. Maybe you're there for a purpose. Maybe you can help with the expansion of light. And that's it for the cryptic mystic for today's show. If you would like to learn more about Eckhart, I would just so recommended if you really love sacred reading. Um, I, I really enjoy the whole process of sacred reading, reading something and then closing the book for a moment and then pondering what it means, what the author meant, and then pondering what it means to me and how it applies to my life. Eckhart is a wonderful person for that. So go to your library and order his books or go to a bookstore. Pick up whatever appeals to you. Um, you know, if, if you don't know anything about him at all, start with maybe selected works. You know, I've often wondered, by the way, if Eckert Tolle is part of Meister Eckert's soul or soul group. Um, I, I, if I ever meet Tolle, uh, Mr. Tolle, I'll ask him. <laughs> all right, my darlings, I think it's time for a little kazoo break. <laughs> let's do the wizard's gizzard. Yes, the wizard's gizzard, a spiritual ritual that you can make habitual. Now, ritual is important to me. You know, it keeps me on track. But we don't do it just because we want to do a ritual. I mean, there's daily ritual. You go to the bathroom, empty your bowels, that's a ritual. You wash your hands, you brush your teeth. There's the sacred in just about everything, if we look at it a different way. Now that we're coming up to the new year, people make all these resolutions, don't they? They go, well, I haven't really done my rituals well this past year, but oh, January the 2nd, I'll be in the gym pumping iron, 45 minutes on the treadmill, 100 hours on the cycle and whatever, and I will eat less and I will walk more and I will be nicer to people and I won't leave work early and I won't make up sick days and blah, blah. And you know what? You know you're not going to do it you're not going to do it. So today's whiskeys is a short one. It's about New Year's resolutions. Stop making them. I stopped making them a while ago because I don't want to start the new year by sabotaging myself. Instead of writing a long list of objectives that I'm 100% certain, okay, 99% certain I will not achieve, I decided that when I wake up each morning, I will affirm to be the best version of myself, and that is it. That is all I will do. It gives me three hundred and sixty five opportunities per year for growth, expansion, spiritual maturity. Let's not try to make up in the two weeks at the beginning of the year or let's not wrong let's not right all the wrongs of two thousand twenty two By just killing ourselves in January 2023. Let's just say, let me take life one day at a time. One day at a time. Wake up in the morning, give thanks, do your thing, and just say, I'm going to be the best version of myself today that I have ever been. And then towards the evening, when you're chilling out, uh, you know, not just before you get you not just before you go to bed but a little bit before that take a look at your day review your day did i do well was i good was i a good version of myself today what did i do really well and thank yourself for it and if you did something that was less than grace don't beat yourself up just tell yourself you will correct that behavior so it won't happen again that's it that's all there is to it it's very very simple Don't overload yourselves. You know, we're all suffering from some sort of post-traumatic COVID syndrome thing. Um, It's been quite a few years. We've been really dealing with a lot of establishment evil. Be gentle with yourselves this year, my darlings. Don't make any New Year's resolutions, except that one to be the best version of yourself each and every day. And now I think it's time for Tarot A Go Go, a little what the heck with your favorite tarot deck. And this week, instead of instruction, I will do a three card spread relating to America's current crisis. You know, the attempted um, takeover by New World Order totalitarian globalist Luciferian Lulus. Um, So I'm shuffling here. I'm shuffling my Rider Waite deck. This is the deck I've had the longest. It's been with me for decades now. And it, they if you pick them up, it weighs a ton. The energy on them is, is clean, but very, very heavy. So because, you know, I'm quite heavy, <laughs> a little heavier than I should be. So here we go. I'm shuffling on behalf of America. And Arnie, why just America? Why not the whole world? Because where we go one, we go all, and America is the the place that cannot fall, (laughs) the last bastion of uh, libertarian civility. So here we go. I'm shuffling, and I am now going to cut the cards on behalf of America, and then I'm going to pick three cards to give us a snapshot of potential, a flavor of, uh, you know, what's going on out there. So, one, two, and three. And for some reason, I'm motivated to do three more. So, I'm going to do that. One, and two, and three. Okay. So, what I'm seeing in the very beginning here, um, let's see what I have. I have, so for America, I have the Hanged Man. And the hangman is all about seeing things from a different angle, a different perspective, a different point of view. It's about piercing the barriers of inner consciousness. Really taking an honest look at what is going on inside you, inside your house, inside your tribe, inside your immediate environment. And the hanged man literally is a chap who's hanging upside down, just as Odin did from Idrassil, um, until the pain became so unbearable for him that he had a whole psychic tear and the whole illusion disappeared and he saw the universe for what it was. Most of us are going through that right now. Most of us have really had to go, oh, my God, what is going on? was i duped was i not duped let me take a really good look inside and let me let me take a really good look at all the things that i thought i held dear perhaps partisan affiliations perhaps religious affiliations or whatever because when you get the hanged man it's asking you to change so you can thrive and if you don't change You're going to take a dive. The next card next to that is the High Priestess. And the High Priestess is all about the world unseen. I'm just going to interpret that as there's so much information right now. I trust that only God knows what's going on. And on occasion, when I've talked with channels and who've said, well, you know, God will know when you guys make up your minds what it is that you are going to do. There's so many um, potential scenarios out there. But the beautiful thing is that the last card that comes up is the world. And that is the end of a cycle. So we begin a new cycle. So one way or another, we are going to wrap this up. And then I'm going to pick a bonus card for that three card spread right there. Um, And I have the two of pentacles. The little chap juggling two large gold coins. Um, and that's rearranging. You know, after the cataclysm comes the mop up and the juggling and what goes where, because nothing's going to go back into its original um, pigeonhole, is it? It's all going to be very, very different. So that's exciting. And now I'm going to look at the original three cards that I picked. Um, and this is for the year ahead. So I have the Knight of Cups coming forward. Cup, uh, cups are about emotions emotional, uh, processing the emotions. And I get a sense from this Knight of Cups that he is going to present the truth to the American people in ways that are gentler and more palatable than perhaps some of us um, would agree with. Some of us did, we admit, wanted everyone to be hit over the head And went, why couldn't you see this? Okay, so that's not going to help, is it? So the Knight of Cups is coming with an offer. And he is followed by the beautiful lady in the star. And she has one foot in the water. She has one foot on the land. And she holds the cups of consciousness and takes from the pond and puts on the land. And she is completely naked. She has nothing to hide. So the Knight of uh, Cups is looking at her going, "Ooh, that's a bit of all right right there. But what she's trying to say is, I am naked. I'm not going to hide anything from you. This is the world that you created. And now let's fix it. And to fix it, we have the Four of Wands. The card of the happy home. The family waving their little floral wreaths around. Um, just an absolutely lovely card to wrap things up. You know, uh, a traditional family, although I really do believe there's room for all types of families, providing we have a moral compass. Um, but lovely, the knight of cups coming in, the lady going, look upon my nakedness, this is the truth, accept it. And somehow or another, at some point, we all go back to our lives, except It's not really going back to our lives, is it, darling? No, Um, it's going to get weird. Okay, I won't lie to you. It's going to get weird. It's already weird. In fact, if mainstream news reported what was really going on around the world, everybody would be in absolute panic. Um, You know, so hang in there. Stay true to your core moral principles. If people want to explode and run around like balloons with the air, you know, going out of them all over the place, you know, just just let them, just get them out of your way, and just let them. Pretty soon, there is going to come a time—it's almost here—that they cannot not see the truth. There is too much evidence of fraud on all fronts too much evidence of the deep state. When was the last time anybody mentioned the CIA being part of JFK's assassination? It's seeping slowly into the mainstream. And all of the people that are not giving up on the fraudulent election, fighting tooth and nail at great cost, not just to their reputation, but to their lives, it's going down people. So enjoy your holiday. Don't panic. Just be aware that it's going to get really, really weird. And then, as it always is in history, it suddenly turns. And it's a new day. And it's a new way. And it will be the way of the light. So that's that with a tarot. A go, go. I do urge, how does the time go so fast? When I first started this podcast, I thought, I said said to my producer, Nancy, I'll never fill an hour. Well, you can't shut me up now. So anyway, I do urge everyone to remember that winter solstice was celebrated long before your favorite prophet was born. Um, And I revere all of the prophets. I have an exceptionally soft spot for Emmanuel, also known as Jesus. But I would also remind us all at this time of year that our favorite prophets did not come down to be celebrated or worshipped. They came to teach unity through alignment with all that is. So if your favorite prophet is celebrated at winter solstice, huzzah and good for you. But don't have, you know, don't think that you have a monopoly on the season. Worship as you will. Live, let live. And, you know, to others, uh, just don't be a pill. Here's a lovely little modern Yule poem written by one Michaelia Macker called Come All Ye Heathens. Um, (laughs) lovely heathen by the way doesn't mean atheist it just means somebody who doesn't go with the judeo-christian-muslim version of things i specifically wanted to find a modern yule poem Um, not something from ancient time so here we go come all ye heathens and gather around come from all midgard with joyful sound gladness bringing bells are ringing men and women yuletide singing Hail to the gods! Come round the fire that merrily burns. Come watch the sunrise as another year turns. Solstice night bears a new light. Winter's might is put to flight. Let us rejoice! Come round the yule tree and share our meal. May the gods bring you fair blessings and weal. Bounty receiving, gifts we are giving. Aesir and Vanir feast with us here. Praise to the gods! Praise to the gods, praise to the gods. Thank you, Michaela Macker, M-A-C-H-A, for that lovely poem. It was my pleasure to read that. Comparative religion, darlings, has always been an area of interest for me. And over the years, I have met many wise and or wacky people, um, students of theology, philosophy, ancient history, all with their unique points of view. I have talked also with people who profess to be atheists. But in my opinion, I have never met an actual atheist. I've met people who feel, as I do, that religion is a halfway house mankind should have moved out of long ago. In my experience, the majority of people who say they are not religious or spiritual are people who believe the established doctrine limits mankind's growth and does not encourage us to reflect on the greatness of the divine and certainly does not encourage us to align with it and to think of ourselves as one with it people who have walked away from the mainstream religion in my experience they don't want just one chapter of life in the cosmos they want the whole story and amen to that my darling martini heads as we get close to the end of the show here um what a year it's been and when i think of it i should say oh my god what a slog the last 7 years have been relationships have certainly been rearranged since donaldo trumpo came on the scene and my social circle has always been a small one but over the last 7 years It is no longer a circle, but a tiny dot. And that's fine, (laughs) because one thing we have accomplished is sorting out the free thinking humans from the propagandized automatons. Some found grace. Others fell flat on their face. Anyone with any sense of awareness had no option but to revisit the purpose of life and ask the great perennial questions. Who am I? Why did I come here? What am I doing? Uh, Am I doing it properly in a sane, sensible, productive way? WT, what is going on? I'll just remind you all, fear is the mind killer. Fear is the mind killer. The cabal knows this and will do everything in its power to keep you cowering in fear, afraid to breathe freely, afraid to touch another human being. Fear leads to insanity. How can a manifestation of pure source energy succumb to such a low vibration? How can a being created by the divine cosmos allow itself to obey ridiculous and humiliating instructions, all of which go against what we used to call common sense? They've lied about everything. Just accept that. Mankind has been propagandized, brainwashed, dumbed down and distracted from its divine origin. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the mind killer. If you let them scare the poop out of you, you fell for their game. You allowed yourself to be trapped and now you will be kept not as pets, but as livestock to be used and disposed of at their whim. What a waste of an incarnation. My yuletide wish for mankind is mass awakening. I'm done with mass hypnosis. I'm done with mass psychosis. People, seriously, it's embarrassing. Trudeau, Macron, that dreadful Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand and many others, all bearing the stench of evil. Why aren't they behind bars awaiting sentencing and execution for crimes against humanity? I cannot believe people allowed themselves to be put into quarantine camps. And I am in awe of the cabal's ability to turn divine beings into cowering rodents stuck in a maze, accepting treats for a bit of food or drink or whatever else they perceive to be a bit more freedom. Do not be rooted in fear, darling. Don't be so rooted in fear that you won't even consider basic research to back up the official narrative. Don't do it. Don't be a toy in the hands of the dark and the evil with the dark agenda whose only goal is the elimination of sole sovereign, free-thinking humans on planet Earth. And with that, I can assure you that we martini heads will fight to the bitter end. My darlings, I hope you enjoyed listening in as much as I enjoyed recording, because I always have a blast. I feel very hopeful this holiday season. And today's real-life cocktail was a rusty nail, which is a lovely winter warmer, a slow sipper. And here's how you make it. It tray simple. One and a half ounces of blended Scotch whiskey. I'm using um, the Shivers Regal today. And three quarters of an ounce of Drambuie. Measure out the ingredients, get an old fashioned glass, put one large, slow melting ice cube in it, pour in the Scotch, then slowly pour in the Drambuie. Give it a gentle stir and sip and you're bound to get a hot flash. It's just delicious. It's wonderful. You don't usually dress this drink. I drink it undressed the drink, not me. I frown upon naked drinking. From my heart's core to yours, I wish you all a jolly holly season, overflowing with goodwill and good cheer. I'm Ani, mad shaman avidician. This was a metaphysical martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. I'll see you all next year. Until we meet again, don't take any wooden nickels, turn off your goggle boxes, and when you communicate, look into one another's eyes. And above all, sweet darlings, let the spirit inhabit the human. You have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini with Ani Alpidesian, The Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com.